The City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everyone, this is Russell Cox, editor of the Municipal Association of South Carolina's Uptown Publication. And I am joined today, uh, we've, we've got someone from the Association's Risk Management Services here again. Uh, please welcome back to the podcast, Bethany Pendley, uh, Loss Control Manager. Good afternoon, Russell. How are you today on this, on this rainy, rainy day? I am doing, doing well. How are you? I am doing well. I am doing well. Good. So we are going to be talking today automobile crashes and the the backstory on this is that um i decided we were overdue for another risk management safety related podcast i am a big fan of safety related content i don't care if it's sidewalk safety or um, don't let your Christmas tree dry out and burn your house down safety. I like safety content and w- we get a response on it. But past that, I was like, it's time for another risk management podcast, but I don't know what. So I, w- so I went to Bethany and I said, what is hot in the world of uh, municipal risk management right now? Pick absolutely anything you want. And what she came up with was auto crashes. Yep. So, so the reason, the reason that I picked this topic is because, you know, um, historically in property and liability coverages, I mean, we typically see increases in property. We see increases in liability. But when we look at the, the results for 2021, we are seeing a spike in auto physical damage. Claims. 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 Okay. Yep. That, that, uh, was paid. Mm hmm. And so when we look at that, and, we, and when we say auto physical damage line of business, what we're talking about is that protection um, that provides comprehensive and collision coverage to mm-hmm. municipalities or public entities that covers their, it's the first party coverage that covers the vehicles that are owned by the public entity. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> seeing the increase in those types of claims, I think, you know, gives us reason to stop and, and talk about it and see mm-hmm. what we can do to to help prevent those types of losses or or reduce those types of claims. Okay. So what all are like what's what's the full scope of what we're what we're talking about here? So so it's important to talk about this topic for for a couple of reasons. You know, you mentioned safety in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So of course that's that's the number the number one reason that it's important to talk about this. Auto crashes or auto collisions oftentimes result in injuries, Mm -hmm. municipal employees being injured. And so it's worth talking about this because we want to reduce the number of injuries that we're seeing in municipal employees, Mm -hmm. as well as we want to keep citizens of South Carolina safe. And so that's the primary reason that, that I wanted to talk about this topic. But then the other reasons are the costs that are associated with these types of loss. It affects municipalities. It affects public entities because there are direct costs that go into not only um, the the payments that are paid out by the insurance programs mm-hmm. um, as a result of these types of claims, but there's also direct costs to the public entities in the way of deductibles, in the way of other direct costs, um, and so it affects municipalities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also some indirect costs that 
result to municipalities or to public entities, and that is ultimately the the rise in cost of insurance. Mm -hmm. Because at some point, we have to look at the funding of the programs, and if we are spending more money than we are receiving in contributions to the risk pool, then that affects funding for the following year. And so, you know, our goal as a loss control team is to go out and help the members of the South Carolina Municipal Insurance and Risk Financing Fund and South Carolina Municipal Insurance Trust help them find strategies and ways to improve their safety and risk management programs to help reduce these types of claims. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that uh, that gives us a good sense of, of kind of the parameters of um, of crashes that are happening. And, oh, here's something. Bethany gave me material ahead of time because, you know, I'm way out of my element. I will never know as much risk management as she does right now so that I could sound like I knew what I was talking about ahead of time was... Bethany, give me some material so I can kind of go over it. And one of the things you produced is the frequency of traffic collisions, traffic fatalities in the state of South Carolina. So, yeah, so yeah, just to give a sense, and again, this is for the entire state. This isn't specific to, you know, municipalities, local governments, or public entities. This is just for the entire state of South Carolina. According to reports produced by the South Carolina Highway Patrol, in 2020, um, there was one traffic collision every three and a half minutes mm -hmm. in our state. And so if you think about that, you know, of course, these are including minor collisions. Um, these are all collisions that are reported to law enforcement. And then another statistic is that there is one traffic fatality every 9.4 hours mm -hmm. in South Carolina. And so, you know, when you think about those statistics, that in itself is enough to to cause you to stop and say, hey, you know, what can we do to strategize to reduce these types of claims from happening? And then more specifically, when we look at it from a workers' compensation perspective, mm -hmm. so in 2020, there were 102 fatal workers' compensation injuries in South Carolina. And of those 102 fatalities, 42 of those were, were transportation-type incidents that happen. And I will tell you that one of those 42 was actually a municipal employee that uh, worked for a, a municipality that's a member of the mm -hmm. SMURF program. So it really hits home when you really think about those numbers and statistics. Mm -hmm. Yes, that it is it is a major problem. Well, I mean, it's in, in any state, but in South Carolina. And you also, you also sent me some numbers on where payouts have moved between um, between 2011 and 2021 well so if we look at if we look at for auto physical damage and again those that's the collision and comprehensive coverages those first party coverages mm -hmm. so when we look at the 2021 results and we compare those to an average of the prior five years so the total payout for comprehensive and collision claims increased almost eight hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars in that one year and then and then if we look at the other lines of business for example if we look at the liability coverage so that is the protection that covers the public entity when another third party 
individual is injured or has property damage. Mm-hmm. That type of coverage, the amount of payout increased over $600,000 in 2021. So with those two combined, you know, you're looking at a million and a half in increased payout in a one-year time period. Mm-hmm. So again, it just gives you more evidence that auto crashes are increasing and we need to look at ways to to keep these from happening. So the big question here is what is making auto crashes a bigger problem over time? Well, I think that's probably the million dollar question. <laughs> I don't have any hard data to you know to point in in a specific direction. I can I can tell you that the loss types that we continue to see increase are indicative of inattentive driving, mm-hmm. distracted driving. And I say that because we see an increase in single vehicle collision where the driver strikes a guardrail or the driver strikes a parking lot bollard or the driver rear ends the vehicle in front of them. Mm-hmm. And those are all those loss types that would be, that indicate that there was some inattention or some distraction happening that resulted in those types of accidents mm-hmm. to happen. And, you know, and, and that's when we look at the frequency or the number of claims that happen. You know, it's kind of, you know, something else to think about when we think about what's driving the cost up. Mm-hmm. It could be much more, a much more complex answer. For, for example, the cost of health care is rising. Yes. That causes the, the amount of claims payouts to go up. Um, litigation costs are mm-hmm. on the rise. Attorneys want to be paid more money. So... That goes into those liability payments or the the costs that go into liability claims. So, you know, it's a multifaceted question and lots of things go into the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. But I would say if, if we had to pinpoint one one thing that has that causes the increase, it's distracted driving or inattentive driving. And for this reason, this is, you know, it's it's been in Risk Letter, the risk management publication. We've had it in uh, Uptown. RMS director Heather Reichard always has fantastic ideas for risk management pieces to put into Uptown. And it was very recently she said, Russell, we need tips on distracted driving to send out to the cities and towns. Mm-hmm. So that's certainly something that can be done. We also recommend defensive driving that has a component of how to reduce distracted driving because it the the section of that training points out to um, the learners about how long a typical distraction lasts Mm -hmm. and then how far does your vehicle travel during the four seconds that a typical distraction lasts Mm -hmm. and it's really amazing when you see when you're teaching that type of content to a classroom full of students and you tell them if you're going 55 miles an hour and you have a typical distraction of just like looking down at your phone that you're typically that that you're actually driving about the length of a football field blindfolded Mm -hmm. because you're not looking to see what's what's around you you're referring to the um you're referring to the training for the smith and smurf members yes Mm -hmm. so um smith and smurf members um, they have access to on-site training by the loss control consultants. Will come out and do a four-hour defensive driving course for for any Smith or Smurf members mm-hmm. um, and their employees. 
and you know i um I always think of you guys on things like this. You talk about the frightening distance traveled during a dis- distraction. And of course, people always think of the big distractions, cell phones, texting, all the things you shouldn't be doing. But I, re- I remember the the list included messing with the radio, mm-hmm. which you think, oh, it's safe. You're not um, looking at a screen or anything, but that's enough to be a problem. And you know, Russell, you make a good point there because when you think about distract, distracted driving, you're absolutely right. People, Your mind typically goes straight to think about the cell phone, but, mm. but you're absolutely right. There's cognitive distraction. There's just thinking about other things that are happening in your life that mm-hmm. takes your mind, your attention off of the road. Mm-hmm. There are so many other distractions that that we see. I mean, eating and drinking in the car, um, just like you mentioned, messing, you know, tuning the radio yes. or setting the GPS or, you know, your kids talking in the back seat and you paying attention to what your children are saying or even having a passenger um, and having a conversation with the passenger, you know, your mind, your mind may not always be focused on driving. It Mm. may be, it may be in other places. So certainly something to, to think about when we think about distracted driving. One thing that has always been stuck in my mind, uh, the, coursework I had to do when I got my learner's permit when I was a teenager, they had an illustration of, you know, it was like the video they shot point of view in a car and the camera goes from the road ahead of you down to the radio um, just for a second or so goes back up to the road. They'd gotten a camel in the road during the time you were looking away from the road. So I think about that camel many times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then what was your reaction? I mean, you think to yourself, you know, how would you respond if that was if that mm-hmm. was in the real world? I mean, you would probably end up hitting the yes the camel. <laughs> uh, so, rather than focus on pure doom and gloom, certainly let's talk about ways to help with all. I mean, we've talked about distracted driving, but other ways to help with all of this. Yeah, sure. So when we go out and we, when we meet with Smurf members and SMIT members, you know, the first thing that we ask them, we, we ask, do you have a vehicle safety program? And, you know, the, the main component of that vehicle safety program would be a vehicle operations policy. Mm-hmm. And so in that vehicle operations policy, we would hope to see, um, distracted driving being discouraged. Um, and, and when I say that, I mean, encouraging no cell phone use or, at a minimum, hands-free cell mm-hmm. phone use. Um, I will tell you, the National Safety Council, they they are advocates of no cell phone use at all mm-hmm. in the vehicle because, you know, cell phones, they do um, include visual distractions, manual distractions, and cognitive distractions. And so National Safety Council's position is no cell phone use while in the car. Um, I understand that, you know, there may be some reasons that you have to communicate while you're in the car. So at, at minimum, hands-free, you know, at least take that manual distraction of having to hold the cell phone away from the driver. Mm-hmm. Also in the policy, you know, it should include the requirement to check motor vehicle records annually of municipal employees. Because if your employees are driving municipal vehicles, then you want to make sure that they're licensed mm-hmm. or in good standing. There have been no suspensions or anything like that. 
Um, and then also in that vehicle safety program, um, making sure that you have driver safety training mm-hmm. periodically and, you know, do that through defensive driving or um, some other type of technical driving course. Um, and then also in that program should be a routine inspection of all vehicles that are owned by the municipality. And you're checking for things like, are the tires in good shape? Mm-hmm. Are all lights and warning signals working properly? Um, are other items maintained like windshield wipers? Because those are all things that need to be addressed to reduce the chance of mm-hmm. collision. Um, and then finally, just, um, you know, your safety program should also include an accident reporting procedure. Mm-hmm. And that's simply because if, if a municipal employee does have an auto accident, they should know who to call, what to do, should something happen, so that the municipality can mitigate their damages mm-hmm. um, and get that car back on the road as soon as possible. When you mentioned checking the motor vehicle records, how do, they, how do employers go about doing that? So there's usually a process that um, you go through the South Carolina Department of Motor Vehicles um, to request that information mm-hmm. to get an annual check on driver's license numbers. Mm-hmm. That usually involves um, the employer completing a form, and of course you have to have the driver's license number and the name of the individual that you're requesting the information for. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the last things I had on my list, Bethany, was talking about uh, resources for people in leadership, for people in HR um, who, are, who are concerned about these things. So um, as members of Smith and Smurf, um, we do have a website of, uh, with a plethora of information available. Plethora. Plethora. <laughs> <laughs> I have not... That, that, that's the first. This is the first that plethora has come up on the podcast. I really? love it. I okay. Lo- <laughs> plethora. <All right. laughs> well, there's model policies um, mm-hmm. out there. So there is a, a model vehicle operations policy. We have some sample vehicle inspection checklists mm-hmm. that are available out on the website as well. Also, we have on-site training that we mentioned earlier, the defensive driving. Um, and then also... Local GovU is offered through mm-hmm. risk management services. There are a couple of defensive driving courses on that platform that are available to all Smith and Smurf member employees. And you have access to loss control staff to come on site and help with any improvement in any of your safety and risk management mm-hmm. programs. For the Smith and Smurf training, there are always training sessions coming up. So what is coming up the rest of, of this year overall training-wise? So in August, Risk Management Services is offering a cybersecurity training mm-hmm. session. It's an all-day hands-on. Space is very limited mm-hmm. in that training class because it is um, an interactive sort of training. And then in September, the training topic will be employee liability. What goes into that one? So that we talk about the types of claims that result in public officials liability. So uh, topics that pertain to, you know, allegations of wrongful termination, allegations of um, when a public official, when there's allegations against a public official for Mm -hmm. something like defamation of character or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I, I know that uh, for the website, www.masc.sc, I can point people to the association training calendar to find specific details on that. But for the Smit and Smurf resources, uh, when people are talking to you, asking how to get to those, how do you explain that? So once they log in to the MASC website, mm-hmm. because of their connection to the municipality, which is a member of Smit or Smurf, mm-hmm. on that home member page, they go right to the Smit Lost Control Resources or the mm-hmm. Smurf Lost Control Resources, and they're neatly organized under the headings in that area of the webpage. And and when she says plethora, she is not kidding. There's so much stuff in there. <laughs> um. <laughs> Bethany, that's what I've got on my list. Any uh, any final thoughts on auto accidents, auto claims, and ways to prevent them? No, I often tell um, the students of the defensive driving courses that we teach, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes they'll come to the class with an attitude of, you don't have to teach me how to drive, I already know how to drive. And I let them know very quickly, we assume that you know how to drive. It's really all about raising your awareness mm-hmm. that you're that you have behaviors that are resulting in bad things happening. Mm-hmm. And so I would I would just leave with this that it's really about awareness. Mm-hmm. It's about talking about it on a routine basis with municipal employees to help them remember I need to drive with full attention today. Mm-hmm. And so um you know, when we when we think about how do we reduce accidents, it's about talking about it and raising the awareness. Overcoming the resistance to, oh, I don't I don't need this because everyone needs this. Right. Okay. Right. You know, it's just like when you're driving down the interstate and you see the billboard that says, you know, don't text and drive. Mm-hmm. It gives you that little reminder that, oh, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> this can be detrimental yeah. if, if I if I text and drive. So it's just that. It's just that reminder and and having awareness. I like that. Well, I only have one last thing on uh, for me to say, and that is for our listeners, our podcast is uh, you can catch it, you can find it on Google Play and Apple Podcasts. But and this is new, we're very excited about this. We're on Spotify now, so yeah, we um our podcasts are getting easier and and easier to find, and we're pretty excited about it. So, Bethany, um, first time in the studio, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.